On today's show, our all-gay panel reviews The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and we discuss gay road trips, which is a topic plucked from the themes of the movie. What up, what up, listeners? Welcome to the You Better Represent podcast, proudly part of the Sonar Network. Each week we... Each week, we explore representation in cinema by reviewing a minority-led film with members of that underrepresented community and debate a cultural topic plucked from the movie's themes. Joining me for today's show is award-winning filmmaker and comedian Robert Watson. Well, good day, mate. How you doing, Vong? <laughs> I am doing very well. Um, and this week, we've got a super special guest, Toronto-based drag comedian Hillary Yaz. Where? Oh, hi. Cheers. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on this show. Um, Hillary Yaz is co-host of Squirrel Talk Podcast, which is also a part of the Sonar Network. And um, that show covers RuPaul's Drag Race along with co-host Selena Vile. Um, and you can also find her at uh and vicky licks is back now too so vicky licks is back yeah oh perfect oh, yeah. perfect um and uh you can also find hillary at hillary yaz tv on youtube all the links will be in the description of the podcast and on youtube um hello hillary um so happy to have you on this show when uh yeah, when robert too. and i were talking about reviewing priscilla queen of the desert cult classic we we're like okay we need a drag queen supreme <laughs> to get yes. your perspective so thank you so much for coming on our show Oh, everyone always thinks I'm like those Australian <laughs> girls. They're so campy. So I'm not not surprised. So uh, if y'all are watching this live streams, I did my full Priscilla Queen of the Desert style look and I'm looking fabulous for you all. <laughs> um, for those listening to the audio only version, if you'd like to see what Hillary looks like you can check us out on youtube where we post clips of the podcast afterward and hillary has dressed up in just the most wonderful i won't even spoil it i think y'all need to go and actually take a look for yourselves at how wonderful hillary looks at the um at youtube.com slash funk show um okay so today's movie bring some fertilizer bring some fertilizer from my roots (laughs) absolutely absolutely um so this week's movie i'm so excited to review this cult classic i saw it when i was very young i'm not sure i think it only been out for maybe a year when i had seen this um so it's it's always fun going back re revisiting the classics but so um this week's movie of the week is The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert from 1994, released in Australia. And it went, it went on to critical acclaim across the world. It debuted at the Cannes Film Festival. It won an Oscar for, um, for Best Costume Design. Um, and uh, what, what the movie is about is about uh, two drag performers and a transgender woman who travel across the desert to perform their unique style of cabaret. Now, before you get mad at me for that synopsis, that is straight from IMDb. So we will we will discuss <laughs> if that synopsis actually um, fully encapsulates what the movie is. So uh, the movie was written and directed by Stefan Elliott. 
And um, you know, as I mentioned before, critics loved it. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 96%, which is oh, wow. crazy. Um, so uh, let's first head on over to uh, Robert. Um, Robert, what was your experience yes. watching The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, as a gay man 27 years after its release? Yes. Well, first of all, I hope people now understand why I was speaking with an Australian accent right off the top. I realized we didn't say what we what right off the top was being read, but I'm sure they're watching and or like they clicked and were like, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, that's an Australian film. That's why I did that. Um, but uh, oh, I, I'm like you. I uh, I am watching this having watched it a very long time ago. And, you know, it was one of those uh, wonderful uh, films uh from when I was younger of like, ah, yes, I feel like this is a relatively good interpretation of, uh, and realistic interpretation of what, uh, drag queens in Australia, particularly in the early nineties, but I'm sure not too much, uh, has changed. Uh, but how it would be, would be like for, uh, for these, uh, drag queens. And, you know, I will say about that, um, description that they did say transgendered, in the description, which in this movie, the word transsexual is used quite a bit. That was the term that was used in the nineties. Um, but I mean, uh, yes, I, so Stephen Elliott, he's, he's, uh, he came out in 2012 as a gay man. Um, which I find interesting that, you know, this was 93, 92, at least, or before when he was, uh, writing this and he had a partner apparently that he lived with for years, but didn't come out, come out till 2012. And maybe that says something about Australian society. I I hope not. Um, uh, but I thought that, uh, what, uh, what, what they were, what they were serving us, despite the fact that, you know, all the actors are straight though. I did also read that Rupert Everett was considered for a role, but was considered so ornery and awful that they were like, no, we are not filming this with him. Mm. Um, so I'm like, okay, they tried, they tried. Um, they just couldn't find the, the one gay actor they had, they could find was, was a little bitch, I guess. So they couldn't put him on, but, uh, overall I thought, um, you know, I really invested in these people because it felt so realistic, you know, whether it's uh, Felicia played by Guy Pierce, Bernadette, Terrence Stamp, or Tick by Hugo Weaving, all of them did mm-hmm. a great job of, of, finding the humanity of these people. And I know I don't want to dwell on to Wong Fu, which we reviewed, 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 oh God, my boy. Eh. Um, but, uh, and we, we talked a lot about how like that was not a very good representation at all. And I thought this, yeah, we, anyone who watched Wong Fu, we want to send you now to this movie. Okay. Watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, and You know, the crazy thing is both these movies were in development at the same time. And yeah. Tu Wong Fu released a year after this movie, so it just it just it just goes to show. I, I definitely have have some thoughts as well about this movie and Tu Wong Fu, just because they're so you know there there are a lot of common um, elements like um, you know drag drag queens with a drag mom, you know going yeah, road on a road trip. trip. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I'll I'll get into into that as well. But uh, yeah, it, it it definitely informed my experience watching this because we had just watched that movie, um, but. But uh, yeah. let's let's head on over to our super special guest, Hillary Yaz, because I would love to yes. hear your perspective um, as a premier drag queen in Toronto watching this drag movie classic. What 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 did you think? Well, first of all, I appreciate your perspective on me as a premier drag queen in Toronto. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, of course, uh, of course. I definitely have. <laughs> 
No. Okay, wait, um, wait. I'll, I'll just interject. Wow. Every, so every, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I was just going to interject. Everybody in Toronto knows if you go to a Hillary Yass show, this girl going to give you a good ass time, whether it is dancing, performing, improv, <laughs> anything. This girl does it all. Photoshoot queen as well. That's why I call her the supreme. Yeah. Okay. Back, back to Hillary. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Like, seriously. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Wow. Um, I The first time I tried to watch this, I think I got a bootleg version off of, like, <laughs> LimeWire in college or something. I I couldn't get into it. I, I wasn't a drag queen at the time, I don't think. But um, I just couldn't get into it. I found it was, like, too Australian and the jokes were a little too esoteric. I don't know. Um... And I, I have watched Tu Wong Fu before, and I don't, I didn't understand Tu Wong Fu at all. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but drag queens are not magical fairy people that change your life. We ruin lives. That's what we do. Um, you come to the bar, you drink. Uh, <laughs> no, we make you have fun, but we don't drive around in a pink Chevrolet and all that crap. I mean, it, it was very magical. Anyway, so I watched Priscilla. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. Um, I loved it. Like, wow. I have heard drag queens say, of course, uh, when Tu Wong Fu came out, came out, we we hated it. We were just like, that's bullshit. Oh. But when Priscilla came out, we were we loved it because it was. It's actually very weirdly realistic. Like the references are mm. eerily correct, even for today. Like. There's a relationship with your boy self and your female self. There are drag queens who are trans people. Um, back in the day, I mean, like, yes, transsexual, transvestite. I mean, you're a sweet transvestite. I mean, like, there's all those words. Um, and also, I think we had a lot less time uh, to be sensitive, honestly. Sometimes we say that sensitivity is a privilege um, mm. because people were, like, we didn't have rights. Gay rights didn't exist. They just didn't exist. So we're we're coming. We've come a long way. So <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, so Priscilla, oh wow! Like it was so good. Um, I love the concept of them just like being these stone faced drag queens that look like crap. Honestly, <laughs> in a bar, it's very realistic. I relate. Um, their their number is they like in the first scene she comes out onto the stage she's singing some crappy song no one's listening i was like this is this is real uh, and then and then somebody brings a baby on and she takes the baby and she kicks the baby and i was like this is this is so relatable i've done this and... <laughs> It just kind of hits all the marks, and it's really funny. Like, the jokes yeah. come hard, fast. There's no laughs. It's um, just, whew, like, the script is great. And also, Hugo Weaving, compared to, like, let's say, Patrick Swayze. Um, oh, my God. Hugo Weaving, I believed that drag. Yes. Like, Patrick did a good job in Too Long, I'd say. Um, but, okay. like, you know, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> I don't think we really ever saw her out of drag, really. And no, no. But we really got to see them. these two. Yeah. And I think it was because they were afraid of what it would be to play a gay man. They were okay with playing a drag queen, but they didn't want to be gay or whatever. Right. In my opinion, that's what it was. But like these people were coming in and just really living 
like these characters. It, it was, it was, it was good. It was, it was really good. Um, so many relatable moments. Um, like, and the gig, they drive to Alice Springs for like yeah. a mm. union theater gig. I was like, this is, this is, this is so <laughs> real, real. Like we don't have to go to, oh, it was, it, it was very fun. Mm. I, I think it, what was the most striking thing to me about uh, uh, about this movie is that how relatable it still is today, um, mm-hmm. you know, 20, like, 20 years later. It still speaks to drag. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think definitely my experience watching it, it, it was a weird one because I had watched it when I was younger. I had just started to come out. I knew very little about drag culture at that time. And I... Honestly, I, I think it was at um, it was at uh, Fairy Tales, which is the queer film festival in Calgary, and I just uh, I don't know I did I didn't really get it. I I was probably too young and too too sheltered at that point to to really get it. Um, and then watching it now, you know, a lot of it really did resonate. I think the the queer parts for sure. You know, obviously I'm not a drag queen, but you know, it's it's. It's such a huge part of, of queer culture now that I, I just remember because, you know, I think part of the experience watching this, too, is because we just watched and dissected Tu Wong Fu like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was just, wow, like that movie, we were giving it so much credit being like, oh, you know, it was 1995, it was 1995. Like, I think we must have said yeah. that, you know probably over a dozen times because we're like maybe <laughs> and then to to realize this movie came out a year before and had very similar you know you know at least an overall like premise it was similar but it was carried out in a much more realistic way um i i, I tend to think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it was written and directed by a gay man i know with tu wong fu when yes. we were yeah, when we're looking at the at the behind the scenes production, I think it was written by a gay man, but then it was mm-hmm. I think it was directed by it was directed and produced by all straight people. And I remember I was just really questioning. I was like, I'd love to read the original script because I feel like I can't blame at least without knowing more. I don't think I can blame the writer because I feel like I don't think a gay man would have <laughs> would have written these characters this way. And like even one thing you mentioned, Hillary, with with with, with Priscilla is you know you see them in and out of drag. Um, well, the the the, the two yes. drag performers obviously we have the one transgender slash transsexual of what they of what they were called back then. You know. I love the fact that she is just what she is. She's yeah. just. Like she's on stage, she looks the same. Off stage, she looks the same. That is real. That mm. is realistic. I, I mean, yeah, she's a performer. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will say too, with with the acting, you know, I, I, it's weird. I, I don't want our listeners to, to to turn this off because we're all talking about Tu Wong Fu. But you know, we, we will say, you know, the, <laughs> the other episode is archived. You can go watch it. But it's it's so tough for me to talk about my experience without talking about that because we just watched it and it came out so close together. But you know, one of the things. Um, that that me and Robert were talking about was like about the acting because we had done a previous discussion on you know should straight people be allowed to play straight uh, to play gay characters you know in a world where mm. gay people aren't 
generally allowed to play um, to play um, um, uh, straight romantic leads, especially if they're out. At the very least, there's pressure for people to still stay in the closet. But you know, obviously, <clears throat> if it was an equal world, fine. You know, um, then everybody should be able to play everybody. But that's that's not the case right now. So, um, but when we were watching Tu Wong Fu, I actually really felt like these were these were straight men like playing drag like it just really came across whereas this one i would say and especially hugo weaving like, like you said i believe hugo weaving i would say like a hundred percent i believe taryn stamp maybe 90 percent, and i believe guy <laughs> pierce 80 percent, which is great because the other movie i don't think anybody got over like 40%. I was like, this is No, not- you were really down on John Leguizamo. You were not happy with John Leguizamo into oh, Wong Fu. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, John... I don't know if he was worse in Tu Wong Fu or in Super Mario Brothers. I don't know. It's okay. like he had back. back I shouldn't back. have mentioned him. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought him up. I'm sorry. Um, and so, you know, this movie. Okay, so. I will say, representation-wise, I think it does well. From what I can tell, um, it really was the one gay creative driving force in the writer and director. Um, one of the producers is a is a straight white man who actually said some controversial comments about rep- representation afterward. Um, but Ooh. then um, the other producer... They all do. Yeah. I mean, they all Unfortunately. do. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the um, and then the other producer, I wasn't able to find what their you know, you know, what their relationship mm. um, or oh, well. or sexual orientation. <laughs> you know, not oh. everybody reveals it on on the internet. Um, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, At least on the internet we can find. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For me, I'm so out there. If if you Google my name, literally the first thing that comes up on Google is Super Power Bottom. So like, I'm <laughs> I, I'm as out there as you can get. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just get I just get Marion Webster's Dictionary, the page that's about you know gay peoples. You know <laughs> <laughs> uh, that too. That too. Um, I do want to mention, though, you know, we talk about representation, and this is more about queer representation, but I do have to say my experience, you know, I was loving the movie (laughs) until they introduced the Filipino woman, Cynthia, and it was... Right. Oh, yes. It was so bad, and the the poorly stated comments about representation um, from the straight white guy producer actually came um, from the criticism they received about the Cynthia character, which, of course, you know, they portray her as a clear Asian stereotype, you know, money-hungry, basically evil. Um, He he was, he's always fought back. He's never apologized. He said, Mm. he said, you know what? It's a movie about misfits, and we just made her as another misfit. So you're just, uh, mm. and I was like, no, yeah. no, she was different yeah, than the other it. characters. Um, but you know, I, I do think that said, I really loved, I really loved her. I thought she was a badass bitch. She was great. She was just like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you ignore all the 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 typical like, yeah, yes, bullshit of like, oh, uh, uh, but want to be uh, internet bride or whatever. She yeah. just came in there and like showed all those hoes up by shooting ping pong balls at her pussy. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I, I do. You know, there there were elements that were good for sure. The empowerment, everything like that. Yeah, I think just more the um, yeah. the the predatory 
you know, trapping, you know, like that. Yeah. And then like the overdone yeah. accent, they could have. Oh, the accent it. was awful. Um, and I would say, I don't know. Just so okay. So I have an odd history with Australia. So um, not you know I, I you know <laughs> so with with Australia, not not a lot of non Asians know this, but Australia, New Zealand, there's like a travel advisory for Asians. Like it is like oh. it is considered the number one most anti-Asian hate place like in the world it's sort of similar to you know like it's sort of similar to like you know for gay people there's like a travel advisory for Jamaica for instance it's sort of like the Jamaica for Asians it's like don't go there and it's and so I've always had this 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 thing with Australians too like in in the workforce like you know, two of my most heated rivals, one was from Australia, the other one was from New Zealand. And I don't know oh if goodness. I was putting the bias on them yeah. or if they were biased, but watching this movie, I was like, yeah, that makes sense for Australia. <laughs> I was like, this wow. makes their depiction of agents makes sense from what I understand of Australia. Um, and, you know, I will say I, I did get an update because, you know, I, I do like international, um, you know, um, 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 volleyball tournaments or whatever, the, the, the uh, gay gay games or whatever. So I do oh, run yeah. into Australians and, uh-huh. you know, I actually asked them because I was like, you know what, like, is this still true? Like, I heard this when I was young and they did give me an update. They're like, oh, you know what? We, we sort of have transferred our hatred for Asians over to Muslims now. So, like, we're still racist to you, but, like, not as much. <laughs> and oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, thanks for keeping it real. Um, but, uh, yeah, 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 so there's a lot of problems in, in Australia. Oh, um, Australia! Yeah. I mean, you don't have to preach to me. I, I, we just finished reviewing on Squirrel Talk all of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. And, mm. honey, that, the, the, I mean, uh, racism is a, is a, is a very strong color, uh, Down Under, uh, let's just say, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I found out. Yeah, I I will yeah. say to counterbalance so, what I'm saying about um, Cynthia, the character, I did think what they did with the indigenous characters wasn't as horrible as Australia usually is. Like, they were no, you're right. real characters. Mm. They, you know, you know, they didn't, like, you know, lean too heavily into stereotypes. They were just there for a gathering. Um, and, you know, it was... I'll say I'll give them a little bit of credit there. Um. Anyway, so that's my thoughts on the representation. Yeah. So now let's get into the movie as a whole, like as like an art piece. I know, like you know, all of us here are performers and writers as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's get into like the actual, um, you know, character arcs, writing. Let's first go to uh to award winning filmmaker and writer. Um. For those who don't know, on this listen to this podcast, a Canadian Comedy Award winner for oh web series, a gay Victorian fair look it up on youtube season two will be coming out um at some point um, (laughs) soon it's being worked on season one huge millions of views okay um robert watson what did you think of like the actual writing story structure stuff like that character arc well i mean as hillary said i mean the 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 movie's hilarious and Mm -hmm. and uh the structure serves that but i mean when you have lines like cock in a frock on a rock mm. or, um, you know, uh, <laughs> and then that, and that lovely one in the bar, the, uh, I, that I don't know, I should re- repeat the, the one about, uh, the, blowing your, your tampon up and, uh, cause it's the only bang you're going to get tonight. Uh, <laughs> so like stuff like that. I mean, t- <laughs> so Ber- Bernadette has all the best lines in, mm. 
in the movie, yeah. in my opinion. So, yeah. uh, so Terrence Stamp's character Bernadette gets all of these great one-liners, and it's just this. And and what I I really enjoyed about um, particularly Bernadette was uh, she's the transgender character of of the three of them, and she is tough woman, which I thought was a very good representation, too, because when you, like, talking about racism in Australia, let, you know, it's homo- it, it had has homophobic elements, especially uh, when you go to the, exactly where they're going in this movie, going yeah. through the outback and the rural areas of Australia. Um, and so, you know, she has to be a real tough person to, just to get through life, and I really thought that the stoicism doesn't surprise me one thing from Terrence Stamp, the stoicism that he always brings to different roles uh, brought in a really amazing way to Bernadette and, and in a way that, uh, that was still feminine uh, while be, while obviously being uh, portraying a transgender person who, who would be considered not passing. Um, it, I, I obviously you can tell I was in love with Bernadette. I loved the Bernadette character and, uh, mm. and thought that she was the heart of the film Um mm. And without without her, you have it, it would have maybe felt a little bit more like just a couple of gay men being really bitchy and saying snide things and stuff like that. But Bernadette anchors it and and just is this the lovely heart of this of this movie. Um, yeah, I and I mean Guy Guy Pierce. This was a star making turn for Guy Pierce, who played Felicia or Adam, and uh, I thought playing a bratty little twink. Uh, I mean, he did it did it pretty well. I, I I can definitely say I've met people that I'm like, oh, I've met someone like the like Guy Pierce's character Adam in this. So mm. um, yeah, and and Hugo Weaving, of course, being the story that drives it. I, it, it I, I, here's my question for you: Do you wish we had reviewed this one first before to Wong Fu in a way? Honestly, I feel like if we had reviewed this one first, the the wrong food review was already so negative. <laughs> I feel like yeah, we would have trashed it even more. You're right. Never I, mind. <laughs> I I feel like you know, like I tried to be a positive person, and I feel like we are already so negative. I was so ne- I feel like if it came after this, it just would have been like unlistenable. It just would have been. Uh, I would have just went okay, off we did it in the right more. order. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Because in in the other order, I was at least like, oh, it's 1995. Who knew anything? And apparently, the Australians knew something um, a year before. Um, this shows us a difference between. Isn't that, that so ironic? Yeah, it's so ironic though that considering how, like we were talking and totally reading Australians to filth about being racist homophobes, they for some reason put out just a a next level film. Maybe it's just because you know they. <laughs> Yeah. They had already hit bottom of the barrel, so they had to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I think the fact that there was a writer-director, like uh, Stephen Elliott being the writer and yeah. the director, means he got to execute the, his vision of what he wrote. And uh, I do think that that probably is a, a big difference between, you know, the very Hollywood, how many how many people have a hand in this pie trying to make this movie? Uh, and I so I, I think that plays a big part as to why this had so much authenticity to it. Yeah, I think, too, like a big part of why we started this podcast to talk about representation in cinema is because, you know, we wanted to talk about beyond just what you see on the screen. It's about who has the actual control, who controls the money, who is the creative force um, beyond, you know, obviously in, in movies, it tends to be the 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 uh, director more so than than the writer um and then with um you know whereas with tv sometimes it can be more the writer and then the directors can get you know 
change out each episode. But for movies, it's <clears> generally <throat> the director and obviously the the producers. So that's why we always you know we always try and take a look there because like a perfect example, you know, more on the Asian side than the gay side was so Mulan by Disney versus Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, Whereas Mulan, sure, there's representation on the screen, but the entire, like, from director, producers, everybody who wasn't physically on the screen were white people. And you, you could see it. Whereas uh-huh. Raya, Raya, you could tell. You could absolutely tell. And I was even harder on Raya because Raya is about Southeast Asia and specifically about, like, Laos, Thailand, Vietnam. Like, that's literally where I'm from. So I'm even harder on that than on Mulan, and they got it. And then when I looked it up, the... um, one of the main people who did like the the site research was actually from Laos. So I was like, oh well, there you go. Like they actually put the power. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, like what you're saying with okay. the gay director here, um, you know, representation has to come from behind the screen too. Um, yeah, yeah. So now, um, isn't that the answer? Isn't that the answer about gay actors playing gay roles? Really, like. Yes, everybody can play whoever. I agree. I'm an actor. I went to theater school. You can play a dog. You can play an alien. You can play whoever the frig you want. But, um, you know, there's still something that is so authentic about your own personal experience that you always bring to everything you do. And if it's so much closer to you already, I mean, you know. Yeah. So, hello. <laughs> hello, Hollywood. <laughs> knock, knock. Stop <laughs> trying to justify it. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, ho- hopefully things, I do feel like things are, are starting to change in the industry very slowly, but they, they, are, yeah. they are starting to change. Um, one thing I do want to talk about as far as, like, the structure of the movie is the theme. So it jumps into a lot of different themes. So from, ter- and, you know, I... I, I I know, you know what, I feel like I'm having a brain fart. I, I do know most of the character names, but, like, the actors are so famous that I just sort of know their names. Yeah, that's but, true. So with, uh, with, with Bernadette's story, with, um, with, uh, with, with Terrence Stamp's character's story, you know, um, you know, aging, aging um, into and out of a, um, a, very, a very difficult profession, maybe being, being a little bit bored with a profession. Also, finding love after the death of a partner. Like, I do think mm. that that character got, like, the fullest character arc for sure. Um, you know, uh, with Hugo Weaving's character, which honestly, I I totally get what people were saying with uh, with Bernadette being the heart. But for me, it was Hugo Weaving's character for sure. Um, I don't, He just played it in a way that I just gravitated to. I was just like... I don't know why, but I believe him. I 100% believe him. Um, and, you know, with, with his thing, it was about, you know, taking care of responsibilities as a father. Uh, one thing, too, I loved um, another another theme you can take out of this is, you know, um, youth, you know, his son was untroubled by his queerness at all. Like the other character, um, Guy Pierce's character was like trying to sort of go to him like, oh, hey, you know, what do you feel about your dad? And he was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, know yeah. that's, that's, that's really good to see in 1994. Um, and then the other thing, which was also covered in like a much, you know, less nuanced way, not that this was totally nuanced either, but in a much less nuanced way in, um, in Tu Wong Fu and this movie is Gay Panic, which 
you know, the whole, anyway, I think uh, for the most part, I feel like people know gay panic is, but like, you know, what, what I, what I liked about this is that they, they solved the gay panic thing, solved like a few other things with their wit. Whereas with Tu Wong Fu, honestly, just go back and watch it. Every single solution was physical. Like they beat people up as the, every time something went wrong, they beat somebody up, which yeah. is, which is great. You know, seeing drag Queens beating up, you know, homophobic people is fun, but like literally that's not real life. You can't, you can't, you can't solve homophobia by beating up homophobic people. <laughs> it's not, it's not real. So anyway, that's sort of my thoughts on, uh, on, 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 on themes. Now I'll, I'll give the last word to, to Hillary on the review of, you know, of what you thought yeah. would you recommend it well, they, is there anything that like grabbed you the most yeah well priscilla is just so good i mean if you're if you're kind of looking for a drag queen experience the three different characters really show you a great range of ages uh where you come at it from drag um a lot of and it's the adventures you get to see a lot of very familiar queer problems that i mm. think a lot of gay and lesbian and trans people can identify with still mm. um i think unfortunately with tu wong fu sometimes i think america like the the characters served america rather than like the film <laughs> serving them yeah. which is what priscilla well does the film serves us and is telling our, our stories we don't have to make Susie q and her freaking white picket fence feel good about herself you know, who cares about her? She already has a good life. Um, so, uh, but Priscilla, it, it's really good. And just to be a contrarian, I will say that the heart of the film is Felicia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Twinkie gay guy. Because I don't know how many honestly rich Twinkie gay uh, you know, people that I know that have just like walked into the bar, think they're everything. They just take over, but you're like, well, we have to put up with her because she has money. And, um, <laughs> and, and who else is going to buy the $10,000 bus to get to Alice Springs? And honestly, that moment that you're talking about, Vong, at the end, Felicia is a, a troubled child. She has everything. Her mom. She says, "My mom sucks." Her mom buys her all her drag and is good, a very nice actually mom. I found, mm. um, but she's still a brat. She's still acting out. She has no reason to at all. She mm. seems to have a great situation, but she doesn't believe it. And then, finally, when that kid finally says to her, mm. "Like I don't care," mm. she sees herself in him. And, like, we get that final piece of the moment and the heart. Like, that character totally changed. I love how all three characters have such a great arc. Mm. We yeah, see such they amazing really do. stories in this film. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Absolutely. And Tu Wong Fu is just these magical fairies who appear and oh, help Lord. these ladies live, <laughs> live, laugh, and love. And I'm like, oh didn't Julia Roberts do enough for you? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that is the last word on on uh, on uh, the Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. We will be right back after this very short break to uh, do our second segment, which is to debate a topic plucked from the themes of the movie. And this week's uh, topic is a gay road trip. So please join us right after this short break. Thank you. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What up, what up, listeners? And welcome back to the You Better Represent podcast. This is our second segment where we pluck a theme um, from the movie and debate a topic, a cultural topic that stems from the movie itself. And this week's movie was the, oh my god, it's such a long it's such a long name. Um, when they made a Broadway play, they just called it Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. But the movie itself is called The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And I have to say that every time. Um, so uh, that was so. This week's movie of the week was uh, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and our associated cultural topic we're going to dive into right now is gay road trips. So let mm-hmm. me first push to my co-host Robert Watson. Um, what is your best gay road trip story? Uh, well, I mean, so when when you were asking about this, you said like a gay uh, gay road trip, but with like three or more gays and so i've gone on lots of road trips with my husband so i so i was like oh that doesn't count uh so i tried to think of like something where i went with uh, on a road trip with like uh, where it was like a bunch of gays and i couldn't figure out but I, my my when i think about road road trips and being gay i think of my first road trip uh after coming out and it was uh when i convinced my straight best friend to come with me to San Francisco uh, for Gay Pride that year, except I didn't tell him it was for Gay Pride. Uh, <laughs> but we, like, so I was living on the coast. We we found like this. There's this like hippie van tour. So we were, went on an overnight on this hippie van tour with a whole bunch of hippies, and then we stayed at the hostel that belonged to the same people that ran the tour. So it was like a total wow. hippie experience. But my, I had goals. I like so I was in love with my best friend unfortunately. And I thought that this trip, I'm going to take him to gay pride. I'm not going to tell him. We're going to, uh, we're going to go to the pride, and he's just going to realize that he's gay and that he loves me and it's going to be great. That did not happen. (laughs) Um, and like, we were still friends after that for a while. Uh, but, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, it it just didn't work out. And, And to top it all off, he was 20 and I was 21, which meant I could go to the bars, but he couldn't. And so I was just sort of like, well, I can't leave you alone. So I didn't end up going out and enjoying any of the nightlife that time either. It was, it was just, it was a bad idea, but I will say the hippie bus was fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow. that's so... Did you meet, did you fall in love with a hippie? <laughs> did you fall no. In love with a hippie? I grew up on the West Coast. Everyone I fell in love with was a hippie. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, well. So your first time at San Francisco Pride was about unrequited love. A little bit. Or desire, yeah. at least. 
Wow. Yeah, we're still actually good friends now. We, we, we re-met each other years later. We're totally good friends. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah hey, we were kids, whatever. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's all, and it ended well 20 years later. <laughs> okay wow that's uh well thank, thank you for and you're still holding one. out for that one night stand i bet you're still holding out mm. hey there's worse story <laughs> that i could tell you about how i tortured this man so let's not um <laughs> okay i'm much better now <laughs> well thank thank you for sharing that uh for sharing that gay road trip story that is definitely <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of questions after the show, um, but let's let's sure. leave, let's leave it there for live on air, um, just just in case that particular person is listening. Um, we'll save it for after the show. But now let's head on over to Hillary, and I'm I'm super excited to hear um, not just a gay road trip oh, story, God. but I'm hoping. Hopefully, I'm not ruining your story, but I'm hoping you have a drag road trip story. Ooh. No, yes. yes, I do. Oh, perfect, I do. Ah. <laughs> um okay so yeah um <laughs> sorry um, here we go uh, <laughs> what well what i should have said was uh was uh take it away hillary but uh there there you go take it away hillary. okay yeah awesome. <laughs> um <laughs> I just have to say, Robert, I'm so glad that you you, you told us that story about, um, you know, unrequited love. I I mean, I've been in that situation so many times, I remember. And Mm -hmm. it's so easy to feel so stupid about yourself when you were younger and just like, ugh. Like, are we all just stalkers as gays in our youth? Just like, you know, falling in love with people. We're figuring it out, right? Not telling them. I know. It's just very painful. (laughs) Anyways. Okay, so this story um, is actually just a couple of years ago. Uh, me and my sisters, we had to go to um, the Just for Laughs Festival to do Squirrel Talk podcast. Mm. It was like out just for laughs or something. So we had to like do it on the street. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> um <laughs> The glamour of comedy, and um, but I mean, we got they they paid us a little money, so at least we didn't like we weren't in the hole. Like we we paid off our expenses and our 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 um, Airbnb. Um, yeah, so we stayed at this air, cute little Airbnb. The first thing is this is with Selena Vile and Vicky Licks, my two house sisters, sisters, house of Licks, all the way. Um, uh yeah right before this though vicky got really mad at me and we almost didn't go but i mean that's another story and then i apologized and well it it was back on the menu um i had already got the airbnb and they thought it was really good and they thought it was like three beds three bedrooms and i was like no we can't afford that so there was two bedrooms um uh, selena and i slept on the couch um i was this way and she was that way um, except ah. she went out for trade, so she was fine anyway. And um, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> and Vicky spent a, a very unfortunate night in the actual room. Oh, there was also a little popcorn maker. I thought was a real popcorn. Maker. It looked like a little popcorn maker, like at the the theaters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited because I saw it in the picture. So I was going to make popcorn. I turned it on. It immediately went up in flames. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I called the guy. I was like, I just destroyed your popcorn maker. Also, you almost killed me. Can I get a discount? And um, yeah, no, it was fine. Um, so anyway, here's the story. We 
We were in, it was in Montreal. We didn't get to go away. This is like the first time we got to go away together and do this band gig together. Mm-hmm. And um, Vicky was having a, a life and we were out on a patio um, at a Greek restaurant on Prince Arthur or St. George, like one of those open air restaurants. And it's mm-hmm. so nice. And we're sitting there and she's like, well, I'm going to treat myself. I'm on vacation, you know. I'm going to get the snails. And I'm like, are you sure you want to get snails at a Greek restaurant open air in Montreal? And she's like, definitely I'm getting the snails. She gets the snails, proceeds to eat them, loves them. It's like, are you sure you don't want one, Hillary? I'm like, absolutely oh not. No, I think those are going to, this is a bad decision. She's like, this is the best decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> An hour later, she starts profusely sweating. Like, almost vomiting. We have to go back to the Airbnb immediately. She spends all night just, like, retching uh, our gigs the next day. So, um, but the funniest thing is, is that um, I got to have my room for free um, because Selena went out and got trade. But, like, it's such that the room, her room where she was sleeping, you have to cross through my, because I was in the living room, Mm -hmm. to get to the bathroom. And she had to do it a lot. So, um, and I don't know if you know this, but I giggle in my sleep. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I do it all the time. You have to ask my fiance. I giggle in my sleep. Wow. Um, so essentially That's what fabulous. happened was Vicky, yeah, Vicky was coming out constantly retching um, and then running to the bathroom. And she was just like, are you giggling at me, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I'm just having a nice dream. <laughs> um, anyway, everything went fine, but uh, the we I still make fun of her about the snails. Uh, I always say, you want to get some snails, Vicky? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So that that's my story. No, that, that is amazing. <laughs> you know epic. what? I was going to tell this really lame story, but one thing I've learned in comedy is, you know, end on a high, and I cannot possibly top that story. So I will save my story for a, <laughs> another time. <laughs> oh, I'm holding you to that, though. I will. I, I oh, promise. Honestly, it is not as good a story as either either of your two stories. Um, I, I should, If I had known, I would have went first. <laughs> so, you know, just... <laughs> Like, well, give us the paraphrase. Give us the paraphrased version. Oh, you went. You went to Alberta. You bought a sandwich, <laughs> and it wasn't that great. Yeah, Was no, that it? <laughs> no, my, my, my. Honestly, my all my gay road trip stories are about like sporting events, and then we went oh, and like. We oh, okay. We, yeah, we don't want to like, hear that. No. We don't yeah, want, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think. <laughs> I, I think it's better to save it for, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll review a gay sports movie. Is there a gay sports movie? I don't know. Oh, we'll find one. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it for that. Um, but uh, uh, I want to thank our, our listeners again for um, for listening. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks to my co-host, Robert Watson, and special, super-duper special guest. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, special guest, Hillary Yaz. Um, Hillary, how can our listeners find you? <laughs> You can find me on my Instagram at Hillary Yass. Hillary's with two L's and Yass is with two A's. Uh, I guess I like twos. Uh, things in twos. <laughs> I like my boobs. And um, 
Uh, also my YouTube, you know, Hillary Ass TV. If you just search that, I'm <laughs> usually putting out some new videos, trying to be cool and hip. <laughs> and uh, if you're in Toronto, I don't know, look around. Look around. I might be somewhere. Yeah. Down the street. <laughs> behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Definitely, definitely check out a Hillary Yaz production, whether that is online or in person, and I think like 90% of our audience is from Toronto. So um, I do think a lot of them would have an opportunity to see you in person. Um, Hillary puts on amazing, amazing shows. She's so oh, talented sure. with improv, um, dancing, performing, every everything everything you, you can think of. It is an amazing time. Um, I am your host, Vong Show. We will be back with another episode next week. And that's what's up. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 